everyone, and welcome to episode 113 of the Holding Court Podcast. Today, I'm joined by special guest, sex therapist, Ilana Grinas, and we're talking all things sexual health. We'll dive into relationships, communication, a certain menu for couples, and we'll answer some of your questions, all coming up right now on Holding Court. Boom. Hello there. Hi. I think the last time I saw you, well, I know the last time I saw you was right before we did our move, well, to Florida for spring training and then now Boston, but I had a little going away party for some of our friends in LA, invited you. You had talked about coming to my game nights for a while and you wanted mm-hmm. to come and yep. you wanted to come in really hot to this first one, which I, I admire. I wanted to make a good impression and make sure I was invited back. And you did that how? <laughs> so I brought some of my favorite things to make sure that everyone left the party happy. So we kind of have this group of regulars that will come by. They're kind of my fantasy football friends and then it was some of Justin's friends from college that he grew up with and then people we've just wrangled along the way but it's kind of it's a crowd it's I wouldn't say it's a vanilla crowd we have a lot of fun playing cornhole in the backyard and watching football and ordering jersey mics but you wanted to kind of spice it I don't even know if you wanted to you just thought that was the norm and so (laughs) you said, okay, game night, can I bring some fun games? And then Mm -hmm. obviously knowing you are a sex therapist, I ask, what kind of games? (laughs) This is true. And I gave you some ideas and you were like, I think that even though I know this crowd isn't that vanilla, I don't know if they would go for that. So I was like, okay, but what about just like party favors? You were like, the more the merrier for the party favors. So I came in with a bag that says like, I love to masturbate on it and it was full with little travel size lubricants, like personal lubricants. And I think you didn't believe that I would bring that, but I also brought a a bottle of red wine, just like, just like as like a nice gesture in, in addition to that. So it wasn't the only thing I brought And Um, and it was a hit. Yeah. Well, you never know, but once there are a few drinks, I think everyone gets intrigued by by that the wine didn't have a label on it that said I masturbate or anything it was just a classic (laughs) bottle of cab and in case in case the bag of lube fails but you wanted to bring very wild games I did do you want me to tell the 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 listeners why not why not (laughs) okay so I just got done with a very busy bachelorette season And so one of the games that we were playing at these bachelorettes was uh, ring toss, but it was dildo ring toss. So I got a bunch of harnesses that I've been gifted over the years as a sex therapist, and then a bunch of the dildos in a variety of colors and sizes and shapes. And then I actually went and bought like rings to toss on them. So you would put the harness with the dildo on and you would play toss ring toss, dildo ring toss. And you vetoed that one. But I'm going to say that everyone over dinner was so upset that I didn't bring this game. I agree. But it wasn't, it was after a few drinks and after we played some charades and 
Pictionary or whatever we did, then they were like, wait, why didn't you let her bring it? (laughs) And I will say that next, next game night, when you both are back, we will definitely be playing because I think that was like the topic of conversation for the rest of the night. You are now labeled as the bag of tricks lady. No, you're the, you're the lube fairy is what I, I'm the lube fairy. And I think the best part was that that evening, I also educated everyone about the clitoris and like people walked away with like really great (laughs) tangible education. And I mean, I think it was a game night that everyone will remember. And you have a friend who's like really tall, like like the biggest dude in the room. And at the event at the JT turn at the Justin Turner Foundation event, he was wearing that I masturbate bag and just like rocking it. <laughs> I don't think he knew what it said because it was done in a almost a letter jumble where it was mm-hmm. like I am A and and it was S T U. And so I honestly think he just thought it was some sort of a like an Andy yes. Warhol print on the bag. I don't know if he knew he was trotting around Rocking Sherwood it. Country Club with a bag declaring I masturbate. But but his wife told him and then he rocked it even like <laughs> even more. He was like all about it. Then it became just a full badge of honor. Yeah. And then he introduced me to his wife. He's like, so this is the sex therapist who gifted me that incredible bag. <laughs> you really did have a captivated audience, I will say. Because everyone will be a little shy about it and we'll get into why that is. But after a while, you had, everyone was just hanging on every word. Tell us more, Alana, tell us more. I think that that's kind of like the whole conversation about sex, which is like everyone is so shy to talk about it. And then one person, usually me, like starts the conversation and then everyone joins in. And I think that people are so hesitant to say like, I enjoy this or I want to talk more about this. But I think that that's the beauty of this episode and the beauty of that night, which is like, then everyone can be themselves and talk about all the things that they never really get to talk about. Yeah. So I'm excited for today's episode. Yeah. It's a little different. I will transition into it with a little story of this past week. So I've talked about it before going to my gynecologist and having my exam, I shared the story of when Justin went with me when I had to have a my second biopsy to make sure I was in the clear and his lovely, comforting, not comforting experience holding my hand and it was completely soaked. He was narrating everything and every little move that my doctor made, it was as if someone was punching him in the stomach and he was making these sounds where my doctor honestly said he is never allowed back in this room ever again. But I was allowed back. I made my follow-up appointment just to make sure everything was good. And I get checked in. Mm -hmm. I go in the room and the room is always interesting. You get the beautiful blush pink bounty bounty paper towel thing (laughs) that it's like open it in the front and then lay this other crunchy paper towel blanket over your legs. And my doctor comes in and she said, do you have a dog named Moonshine? And Mm. I said, as a matter of fact, I do. I have a dog named Moonshine. She said, okay, my nurse that checked you in used to watch her when you would bring her to doggy daycare. And she saw you and said, I think that woman is Moonshine's owner. So what a beautiful icebreaker as I'm sitting there (laughs) 
Fully nude. Fully nude. I'm covered by the brawny man paper towel <laughs> with the my flat butt cheeks on there and about Ooh. to put my heels in the stirrups and get an exam is to find out that my dog is famous. And it wasn't Your dog like, is famous. It wasn't like, oh, that's Courtney. She's married to Justin. Oh, that's whatever. It was, oh, does she have a dog that I remember? But going more, <laughs> going more into it and the anxiety of the room is I used to not be bothered by going to appointments and doctor's yeah. appointments. But a couple of years ago, I had not this doctor, not Dr. K. She's the best. I won't give you her practice because she's always booked and I don't want anyone else to book with her because <laughs> then I'll have to wait longer to get an appointment. But I went for my annual exam. I won't say what it's called because that word absolutely grosses me out. Mm. Yeah, it's not great. Okay. Starts with a P, ends with a P. But the second word, I don't, uh, the okay. pap doesn't bother me. It's the second word. Got it. Word. Yes. Okay. Thank you for respecting that. <laughs> like okay. It. So I get on the table and heels in the stirrups. They always have you scoot forward. You keep scooting forward and like you're just cheeks just gripping to the table. And she goes to put in the tool. The oh, speculum. Yes. And they crank it. I like to think I'm only like a one or a two crank, but you never know. <laughs> and she goes to crank it and I realize she has pinched my skin of my inners. I don't know what exactly was pinched. But something was in it. And she basically just said, oops, I think I got you a little there. Yes, you did. Uh, my skin is fully in this wrench thing that you've now cranked open. So she had to undo it and release mm -hmm. me. And from that point on, now every time I go in, I'm not even, it's not even that it's painful. I don't want anyone that's needs to book an appointment to have any shared anxiety of this. It's not a painful experience. That woman was just not having a good day and got me. And now every time I honestly think I am freaked out at the fear of that happening again, it's not ideal. Yeah. I mean, it's so anxiety provoking. Even you saying the like crunchy thing, like that just, I can feel it. Yes. I can feel it. Yes. But spread eagle for a stranger, a practical stranger is anxiety provoking enough. And then knowing that a foreign object is going to go in your vulva vagina and you're just like, what? And now there was a new addition on the wall of a big round mirror. So I was oh. able to just really fully get that reflection back. It's always, it's a, it's beautiful uh -huh. just to see, to see it going back right at you. But uh, my doctor's great and I love her. And I really wish that everyone finds a doctor in any type of doctor you have to see that you love because I feel like I can go in there and I can share everything. It almost feels like a therapy session where she's like, what's going on? What's bothering you? And it's not even just related to that appointment. I will give her X, Y, Z, this and that. And maybe it is possibly related to something that she can help, but it feels like I'm going in and talking to a friend. And so aside mm. from my anxiety of getting my vaginer pinched, uh, <laughs> I would say it is a good experience and being open and being able to talk about sex and health and having someone that you're comfortable with, I think is super, super important. And that happens to be my lovely Dr. K, my favorite. So happy for Dr. K and Dr. K is the reason that so many of us stay healthy, but also she probably tells you a lot of good things about sexual health. And I love that she has a mirror behind her. I know. I know, I know that's such a like interesting segue, but how many people 
actually look at their vulvas and vaginas. I went to get, I went to Sugar and Bronze, shout out to a tanning and sugaring place, sugaring, which I said to my friend the other day, I was going to get sugared and she had no Mm. idea what that was. It was not to go to the candy factory, but it is a form (laughs) of, I guess, waxing, but it's a, a paste. And I think it's made honestly with sugar and lemon. And I don't know how it's this magical ball of all natural things, but they kind of roll it onto your skin and then lift it up and it takes the hair with it. It's exfoliating. It's wonderful. And I finished my appointment getting my Brazilian sugaring and Mm -hmm. my gal, the tech asked if I wanted to see a mirror, which normally they ask you after you get your brows tinted or you get Mm -hmm. your lashes done or whatever. And I said, do people normally say yes to the mirror to inspect? Because most people you're laying there in the butterfly position and you've just been sugared and you're kind of wanting the experience to be over so you can get dressed and you can get out of there. And I just asked, does anyone ever say yes to the mirror? And she says, honestly, yes, because a lot of people have never really looked at themselves. And my mom is a nurse and I think it's important to know what everything looks like and I don't know. I was kind of making a joke out of it. And then she turned it into this beautiful, comforting experience that if I wanted to opt for her round mirror, I could have. But I really honestly just thought it was something silly of people being critical of their appointment and maybe missing a spot. But yeah. So it's like shout, so out, shout out to this gal. She's she's empowering vulva owners everywhere to examine themselves. <laughs> so many mirrors on my vag this week. I did not expect it, but I went to LA and I got two of them. So Ooh, two for one special. But I feel like look at you learning so much about, I guess, your sexual health in different ways. But I'm I'm glad I'm glad that it inspired this conversation conversation on the tail end of masturbation slash mental health month. Yeah, we wanted to do an episode in May. That was actually our anniversary of our first episode two years ago. We've done a few since about overall mental health and anxiety, anxiety around social media, body image. We did our holiday episode last year to get everyone ready to go see friends and family and everything that comes with that. But we've never really talked about sexual health. We talked about our obsession with Dr. Ruth and all of, you know, listening to Loveline growing up and kind of that piquing our interest. And then you obviously being a sex therapist and entertaining parties all over the country with your goodie bags. But we wanted to do a little something different for this episode. And I know it's not May anymore, but mental health is year round and sexual health is year round as well. So here we are. And I love that you are willing to talk, tackle this issue. I know that like people steer away from sexual health because it's scary or it's taboo or it may not have the best reception, but I think I I know that your audience will listen and hopefully really like learn something or perhaps it even sparks a conversation about like, why am I uncomfortable listening or admitting that I listened to this and I really enjoyed the episode or this is something I took away from it. I think there is a lot of work to be done around the intertwining of sexual health and mental health. So thank you for having me on about this topic. Of course. I know. I think a lot of people are going to say that they skipped this week, if I'm being honest with you. They're going to say, oh, she didn't talk about baseball. She didn't talk about going to Bucky's or she didn't talk about X, Y, and Z. And I'm not interested, but I think it's going to be a lot like when we were younger and we were 
reading the, the advice section of 17 magazine or listening to Loveline or whatever, you know, kind mm-hmm. of seeking out information. And I know it was hidden when we were younger, obviously. And even now, a lot of people are kind of shying away from it. But I do think we'll have some secret listeners that are here. So hi, secret listeners. So we're so happy you're joining us. And you can like, I guess, look at the numbers and see what the difference is. Oh, I will see Uh, all of the numbers. I will see all of you. Oh, good. And if they're listening and they love it, I hope they leave you a comment and and tell you about what they learned. Oh, absolutely. Um, Well, first, I just want to say I'm excited. I, you know, I have my desire of being this advice guru. I obviously don't have the qualifications like you do, but uh, I love giving out information, giving out, you know, my experience, my not expertise, but my thoughts on things. Um, So I just want to dive in and just ask, I guess, pose the question, why sex is linked to mental health? Why is it so important for our mental health? So I think sex on a whole, sexual health is part of being a human being, right? It's, It's a basic necessity. I think humans need to eat. They need to find some form of a sexual release. They need to feel safe. They need to like have shelter. But I think sex is one of those. Sex second and shelter at five. (laughs) I think the order may be a little different, but (laughs) I I don't think it's on Maslow's hierarchy. But I do believe that sex is a basic human necessity. And I think that, well, I don't think that. I know that it has so many benefits. And I think, why do I keep saying I think today? I know that people, when they have sex, they feel better. They feel better about themselves. They feel better in their relationships. Sex is linked to the release of so many feel-good hormones. And that that word sex can mean so many different things to so many different people. But anything from masturbation to having sex with our partners, intimacy, releases endorphins, releases other feel-good hormones that we need to feel good having sex improves our sleep. It improves our mood. It improves our stress regulation. There are just so many inherent benefits from having sex that are rarely spoken about. Yeah. I think, what do you say to all of those benefits, but let's say someone's not in a relationship or not, or feeling like they can't have those needs met? I think self exploration is an amazing way to still reap the benefits, right? I think there's a reason that masturbation month is a month, A, but B, because it's tied into mental health month, because we can all fulfill that desire ourselves and give ourselves those things we need. Yes, there's a huge component of human touch, but we can touch ourselves in a way that feels sensual and intimate and gives that release of those feel-good hormones and honestly learn about our bodies through that, right? Like so many of us never take a mirror to our vulva, never take a a mirror to our penis. And I'm not using that. I've been mirrored twice this week. So amazing. And that's so important. Why do we never look at these organs, right? Like we, we constantly look at our bodies in the mirror. Why is that not as important? So we think if we're not partnered, we can still experience all of the benefits on our own through exploration. Yeah, I agree. And I think communication of this is probably at the forefront. Obviously, if it's something that you're doing on your own, you know your needs and and what you need. But I think 
at the center of so much of what we're going to talk about is going to be that communication of what you need. And I guess you could almost joke and say, oh, here's this list of all these reasons why we need to be having sex. Look at this. I'm going to sleep better. We're going to be in a better mood. I'm going to, it'll help with cramps. I feel like that's always the thing that guys will say, oh, I, I, I read that it'll help with cramps. Like, here's my argument for this. But I do think having that communication of what you need and what your partner needs is so important. Yeah. And I love when men are like, well, uh, it'll help with your headache because you know, the going line is like, I have a headache, baby. I don't want to have a sex. And he's yeah. like, but it's going to help with your headache. Yeah. No, no. It's also I think funny it- that it's always women. Like, I don't know where it came along the way of women being the ones that are not sexual and are just always finding excuses. I also find that kind of stereotype to be funny as well. hundred percent the patriarchy. But <laughs> dismantle the patriarchy. <laughs> but I think that I think that look, the list is incredible, but I think each and every single one of us needs to come up with our own list of why sexual health is so important to us because the absence thereof is noticeable. And I think we do notice when it's not there. And that is when dysfunction comes along. I just noticed you have a book behind you that says boundaries on it. How amazing. Do you want me to read you an excerpt from it? I would love to. Oh, wow. Yes. Let's save that for the end. I love that. It is the book of boundaries. It's by Melissa Urban. She is the founder of Whole30. Whole30. Yes. I've heard her on your podcast. Yeah. She is all about boundaries and the book is amazing. It actually gives you specific scenarios that you'll be in and scripts. Like if someone is respecting your boundary right away. Okay. You're done. But if they're pushing back what you can say, um, if they're completely not responsive to it, what you're, I think she does it almost like green light, yellow light, red light kind of breakdown and yeah, guides you through it. And she does not give a F about setting a boundary, which not not to sidebar on this, but that is my, I'm a feel batter. I frame everything I say to benefit the other person. I always worry about response and she is just very, and it probably comes off as mean and rude, but it's not because I think they're, it's obviously beneficial for the other person to know your boundary and for them to respect it and not Mm -hmm. have you react on the other side. There's so many things that people do that bother me or upset me and that you allow to happen. And I think both, mm. both parties would want to know what totally you want. And so recommend the book, recommend boundaries in general. I love I, it. I love how this also ties into like sexual wellness and intimacy. Like we all have our own boundaries. We need to communicate, right? That's a huge part of communication, especially when it comes to sexuality and consent and all of that. But it caught my eye. I was like, this is so perfect. What a oh, great yeah. book to have on your shelf. All all goes to communication. It's really uh, at Amen. At the end of the day, that's really what it is, right? Nobody's a mind reader. Nobody knows what we need, which is why we always need to self-explore so that we can con- like communicate. This is what I like, what I don't like. This is what I need more of. Yeah. All, all interconnected. Okay. So in your practice, you've told mm-hmm. me about a few things. Okay. And one of them is the yes, no, maybe list, which I think you could guess what that means if you're listening and you have to tell me how this pertains to and who you would recommend this to. So I think couples struggle communicating when it comes to what they want sexually. And that's across the board, gay, straight, lesbian, like 
everyone has problems communicating about what they want sexually. And it's something I see every single day. So there is a very easily Googleable list called the yes, no, maybe sexual list. And I've created my own in my own practice, but the idea is that you and your partner or partners go through a list of things and there's like almost like a word box of choices that you have. So it co- goes from anywhere from like sensual massage to, you know, different sexual positions to different sexual acts like BDSM or uh, role playing, etc. And then you go through the list and you categorize them as yes, something I want to try know something I'm not willing to try or maybe something like I'm willing to discuss and I think we should discuss and yeah I found a whole list um, like you I was gonna say what are you looking at I know I really but then you said BDSM and I perked up but no there is a full I won't read it because I don't want to excite anyone while they're listening but uh yeah there's there, there's list. there's some things I've obviously censored myself because I think our audience needs that but there are so many different things that very uh, vanilla audience i mean i think they come here for like baseball a little courtney and a whole lot of you they don't come on here for firm or light spanking perhaps (laughs) blindfolding oh okay so so like sexting they're here for i mean they're here for sexting okay sexting i'm down with but like i'm thinking they're either here or they're not here at this point they're they're long gone if they're not interested in this but but like if if we're gonna be completely honest like (laughs) mutual masturbation is that something that is a yes no maybe for you right like that's no uh no i i'm gonna keep it very general which is i think that's an important thing keep it very genital please I think it's important for all couples to have this conversation. And Courtney's the expert at making jokes out of things that make her feel uncomfortable. So I, I I love it. But the one liner girl, I will relieve any sexual tension tension in this conversation. Yeah. So, so the yes, no, maybe list is great. It's a great date night activity. It's great for couples that don't really know how to communicate things. Couples who want to spice things up, who, maybe haven't talked about all of their options. They have so many options and these lists exist because we all need to be reminded of the things that we could explore and potentially areas in which our relationship and our sexual exploration can expand. So highly recommend. That was definitely one of the things I've told you about. So you have this list, right? Yeah. I mean, do you pull it out bedside as if it's a scroll or is this more a conversation you would have after dinner when you're at home and having a glass of wine? Is this something you would send over text and say, hey, I filled this out. You fill it out kind of like a cosmic Ooh, I like that. quiz or how are you implementing this? So it's not just this, like, do you leave it on the bedside and then they look over and they're like, ooh, <laughs> handcuffing is a maybe. Let me get that, let me get that into the yes column or... So I think it's, it's, it can be super simple and it can be super complicated. It can be as easy as like, Hey babe, I found this list online, fill it out. Let's meet on Sunday at the brewery and discuss. Oh my, my. Wow. All right. What a yeah. day. Oh. Put it in the calendar. Yeah. Or it can be as complicated as like, look, like I've really been thinking about our sex life and I think we have areas of improvement. I listened to this amazing podcast that recommended this list I think we should try it out. Maybe we could sit together and fill it out and talk about it and call it a good day. I think the easiest way is knowing what your partner is most receptive to. 
right? And saying potentially like, uh, I want to do this for me because I'm curious. I want to know more about you and present it that way. That would be my suggestion. Yeah, because I would say if someone says, oh, I think that this needs to be better and the other partner is feeling fulfilled or they feel like all the boxes are checked, they might take it as, oh, wow, you need more or you're almost not like you're looking outside of the relationship for something, but possibly, I mean, people's minds could go there. Oh, you're, you want someone that's into this. So what if you get this list and all of your yeses are all of their no's? Are you like, where do you, where do you kind of mesh the two together? I think the word is compromise, but I I know that like compromise is so difficult when it comes to sex. So it's all about talking about things and kind of talking about why they may be hard, staunch no's. And maybe some of them can move to the maybe calm when you more understand it. Like light spanking, I'm okay with. Hard spanking, hard no, right? So like kind of understanding the difference and having that conversation. But I love the way you frame that, which is some people would say, oh my goodness, you're bringing all of these things to me. That means that you're looking outside of the relationship. And I always challenge that with, no, like your partner is bringing this to you. That means that they trust you and they want to expand on their sexual health with you. How yeah. like amazing is that? Yeah. So I, I would say if you are willing and capable of having this conversation with your partner, I think it's something that can only help you grow. It doesn't mean you're out the door looking for a new sexual partner more so that like you want to experience pleasure more with the partner that you have. And that's incredible. So this is not something you bring out on a first riot date and say, these are my wants and needs and all that. This is obviously a relationship that's been established, or maybe you pull it out on your first riot. I was going to say, maybe you want to know what you're expecting and you're like, I I need you to fill this out before we even get our first cocktail. You don't ask about like religion, politics, number of children. You just want to know if they're into. If we're sexually compatible. I love this list. I should just read it off. Okay. I mean, maybe we attach it like in the. Yeah. It'll be a story post. Okay. Like a thing. I love that. Cute. I love that it says Skype sex, which I think now would just be FaceTime. This must be dated, but we'll get you guys an updated version. I think it's probably Zoom's Zoom. Zooming? Zoom? Do people Zoom? Zoomext? Zoomext? Zex? Yeah. Zex? 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 FaceTime. Are you really sending a Zoom link when you want to do a But little... like, what if you have an Android and I have an iPhone? Okay. Well, I we would not be in a loving relationship if we are and when you wouldn't get past my first riot date (laughs) so so i think those people do zoom no one is zoom sexting or not sexting but zoom zoom whatever because isn't that going through a i mean obviously facetime like someone could break through the little wall but you're really sending a zoom link I think so. I mean, I don't know. Neither you nor I are Android users, so we have no idea. But, oh, because what do, yeah, what do, uh, what do Android users do? Do they have any form of video chat? I, I don't think so. Oh Maybe God. they download like WhatsApp. Oh, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I don't know how they would. I so. love that you thought a Zoom. Wow, that is wild. I just think of a Zoom like this where I'm like, hi, thank you for meeting with me. Let's start on our (laughs) yes, no, maybe list. Let me just go down the line here and get a quickie and a (laughs) – I'll stop. I I love it. I I think that that list is huge and that word bank is something that you want to keep for the other thing that I always recommend to couples. Do you want to jump into it? 
I think I know what you're talking about. And I'm going to just love it and giggle at it as well. But you have a a menu for couples. I do have a menu. A sex yes. menu. A sexual a sex menu. menu. Yes. What's on the so, menu? I mean, for me and, and my partner, I, I won't divulge that. But <laughs> I frequently recommend to couples a sexual menu. And it sounds exactly like what it is. So every couple should come up with their own word bank, hopefully from the yes, no, maybe list. And each person has their own menu. So the Courtney menu, the Lana menu, the Joe, Jim, whatever. And each person should come up with their (laughs) (laughs) I don't either. But each person should come up with their own appetizer, main course, and dessert. It's my absolute favorite suggestion to couples. So this one I found on Google has uh, aperitifs, starters, mains, desserts, a set menu and sides. So this one, you can really go wild on Canva. Oh, okay. So what I was telling you before we... Before I interrupted you, just say it. We jumped jumped (laughs) on here, which was... Some couples do like take this to the next level. They like create seasonal options and then they like make it on Canva, but then they hard print it. So it's like thick and like, then they take Polaroids so that there's photos so that they can really understand it. Of the acts or of the menu? Of the acts. Oh my, my, So like, so, so to keep this as vanilla as possible, like uh, an appetizer could be like making out or holding hand or a central massage. A main course could be like the whole shebang, whatever that is for you. Um, maybe like something fun in the shower, whatever, something that fits your lifestyle. And then a dessert is something that just like ends the night off with something sweet and like a cigarette. whatever. No, I'm kidding. Sure. A healthier <laughs> option of that. Um, but like maybe that could be like sexual aftercare. So just like holding each other and being intimate and cuddling and spooning and looking at each other and whatever that is for you. Right. And take that word box and put those options in for dessert, main course and appetizer. I don't know why I went in the office order. And like the best way to do this is like hand the menu to your partner. And it's like, I'd really like you to order something from the main course today. If you have the energy or I'd really like like a little dessert today. And then it's code. You don't have to really tell them like, this is what I want if you're too shy, but there are so many options under each of those. And your partner can access that without having to guess like, does my partner want, um, for this or that today? I'm really like censoring myself. I know. I really want, I want, we almost should have done an episode where you just let loose and you say all this and then you do like the PG version. PG version. Yeah. So I think, it wouldn't be PG. It would okay. be like X or R or something. <laughs> It'll come. It'll come. But I think, oh, wow. That's it, a pun. It'll it come. will. Um, but I think that that's, that's a really good way of taking the guessing out of it, sparking a conversation, maybe even like giggling a little, like lightening the mood. I think and you have to I, if your husband comes in with like the towel on the arm and is like, ma'am, can I interest you on in an appetizer? I think ooh. obviously just like a bow tie and a apron cheeks out. Would you, I think that'd be hilarious. I think that would like lighten the mood and get people to be like a little more comfortable. I would be down with it. So I need to know, you said people are hard binding these and they're laminate. Are they rolling up to their FedEx Kinko's and asking for a lamination on this menu? Or are they, do they have home laminators? What's happening there? 
I don't know. I'm going to have to ask them, but I, I've seen it and they like, they've got, I think they went on Etsy and like got it engraved with like their name and it's like gold writing. It's beautiful. This is a whole world that I did not know existed. The sexual menu. Oh yeah. I, I suggested it to this couple and this couple ran with it and I was so impressed That's all about beautiful. it. I'm going to have to find them on like the Etsy situation. That's really... I think they like personally ordered that. I don't know if that this exists, but I haven't looked. So <laughs> they found an engraver and they asked, "Do you do sexual menus?" And then they <laughs> just had them do it. You obviously don't want to yeah. leave it out in your kitchen. And then someone that comes over might want to order. And then you're oh, in quite the predicament. Yeah. If, well, I think it's also like if you're listening, I think that this could be a really cool idea as like a gift for your husband or wife. Maybe like I don't know for your anniversary. Think okay. of something cool and spontaneous. There you go. Gift idea. Early holiday <laughs> gift. So what happens with the menu if one partner is not hungry? They're like, I am not into this menu or you're not on the same page, I guess overall or just situationally not on the same page with it at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're speaking to mismatched sex drives. I think we we talk about this all the time in sex therapy, but especially in my practice where people come in with sexual desire discrepancies. So one partner has a really high sex drive and the other one could care less about sex. And the menu is a great way of allowing different forms of non-sexual intimacy to be included. You're right. Some people are never hungry and some people are always hungry and ravenous. And it's about kind of like coming up with a compromise, which is some of these appetizers may just be a central massage or time on the couch together, just like holding each other intimately. And that can be enough for some people, but mismatched sex drives are super normal. People have them all the time, especially in long-term monogamous committed relationships, right? Like desire ebbs and flows. And there's so many things that kind of interact can come in the way of that. Having kids, medical conditions, job layoffs, right? Like our mental health can get in the way. And there's so many things that are below the surface, body image issues, et cetera, that can like interfere with our sex drives. So if someone is not hungry and maybe the menu doesn't suit them, I think it's about having an open and honest conversation about it. Like, babe, like I'm feeling X, Y, Z. It'd be really nice to connect with you in this way. Or um, I know you've had a really hard time. Wanted to know if we could like put a conversation on the calendar about, you know, connecting again. And if that like empathetic, open, honest conversation doesn't help, that's where I come in, right? Come come into a, a sex therapist's office and talk to us about it, right? And we can help navigate that conversation. But mismatched sex drives are so prevalent. And I think, I think almost happen in every single relationship. There's always somebody who's going to be higher and somebody who's going to be lower. And it's about navigating that in a way that's comfortable for both parties, kind of finding a compromise and communicating about what we need and being flexible. Yeah, I think there's this weird, I don't know if it's like a assumption that mm-hmm. if you're going through the ebbs and flows, you're the only one because everyone will just boast about, I don't know, oh, we're having sex five times a day. Right. I actually had a friend yep. that would claim that her husband woke her up every day with 
a treat and it was like, every day we don't miss a day and I was like okay that you're probably lying but good for you if that's your reality because like sure you have four kids but yeah sure let's believe that and I think it's this like boastful thing and it goes like in the same line of not talking about sex like people aren't gonna I mean maybe you would go to your friends and you would say hey this is happening or you go to your doctor and say oh my sex drive isn't in line with this but I think it's kind of something you would keep hush hush like everyone wants to assume that they're making their partner happy and they want people to know that their partner is also happy yep I and some of our pleasure is our own responsibility right I I would add like asterisk sometimes we have to advocate for our own needs and we have to have that conversation and maybe it doesn't feel super comfortable but that's where, you know, we learn how to take care of our own needs and communicate that with our partners. And it's okay to say like, hey, are you sexually pleased? Could we be doing more? Um, are you fulfilled in this way? And, and also this affects my mental health, right? Like when we don't have sex, it doesn't make me feel desired, which makes me feel sad, which makes me feel depressed, et cetera, et cetera, which is this like snowball effect. And then you question the status and health of your relationship. So open, honest, vulnerable conversations about this and knowing yourself and your body are so key. So much communication and conversations. Unfortunately, but also like sex is a form of communication, right? Like it's our bodies talking to one another. And, and I, I think it's all about that. So the more we practice, the easier it gets. Yeah. If someone's uncomfortable about communicating and the menu or the yes, no, maybe is intimidating, like, is it a bad thing to have a conversation over text? Is that almost like a cop out? Is that maybe kind of a way to bridge between being uncomfortable? And I don't know. It's just so hard to read over text, I feel like. But I'm just trying to think if someone's not like, hey, let's get on Canva and graphic design a menu or they are worried about the response of their partner if they do give that open and honest feedback about their needs being met. Well, I would start any conversation that we're worried with, like the preface of, I feel worried about having this conversation or this conversation is making me really anxious. But if, if you are more comfortable texting it, I say at least get the words out, right? It's, it's so much better to say things via text if we're too scared to say them in person and then at least start the conversation so that it can segue into something in person. I always worry if if it's not being said via text and and the alternative is it's not said at all, I'd rather it be said. Yeah. Um, even if it's misread, that can be clarified in person. Yeah. But I always veer towards have the conversation, have it face to face, especially if like you're married, you live together, you have kids, might as well like set some time aside and that's for all in any intimacy. Schedule time for intimacy, right? If, if it's important for you, you have to schedule it. And people are always like, Ilana, like, ugh, scheduling sex, that's so not sexy. I don't, I don't really know there if, is not if there's- having sex, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna say, I don't really know if there's anything not sexy about not having sex, right? Put it on the calendar. If it's important to you, you put it on the calendar anyway. So put it on the calendar and- Put a conversation on the calendar. like Not on the family calendar, though, on the fridge. Yeah, let's not put, yes, let's put. <laughs> or <laughs> you could have like, your little code word or something. Code word, or something. exactly. A little heart. Exactly. A little wink face. Yeah. 
then you're like, <laughs> it's almost Thursday. Yeah. I mean, I always say like hump, hump day, but oh. yes, definitely. Wow, right. Like Wednesday is a good, a good day to hump, but either way we, we just need to put it as a priority, all of us, whatever that looks like for each relationship. And hopefully that allows for conversation as well. It doesn't yeah. always have to be physical. Yeah. And I think this could go into long distance relationships too. Because I think that's harder. Obviously, Justin and I were in a long distance relationship for, I don't know, off and on for like almost two years, I guess, a year and a half. So I find a lot of my friends and people I know will ask me, oh, how did you and Justin make it through long distance? And, you know, we're obviously in a unique situation. But I think now with online dating and dating apps, there's so many people that We'll meet someone on an app in a different city or when they're traveling. And then I feel like they come to me and say, well, how did you make it work? And I really would say it was a lot, a lot, a lot of Skyping. So that actually that yes, no, maybe list was kind of our thing was Skyping. And we Skyped probably too much to the point where we were Skyping until, I mean, Skyping is not a code word for whatever you're laughing at right now, but we would talk until the sun was coming up. It was like, we're in high school. It was very strange, but obviously he has a different job where he was going into work at noon every day and Skype until 6am, but it was here. You are a UCLA student. Like I have to get to class at 8am. I was thriving. I was young and energetic and spry. No more. I would not be able to. Yeah. No 6am. No can't do it. But it was a lot of communication and it, there were a lot of hard conversations right away because we didn't really have a lot of other things to go on. So it was just making sure we are on the same page and we wanted the same thing. And for the first few months, so we met actually in June and then it wasn't October was the off season. So we had those four months where we saw each other a total of maybe five days, six days. So it was a lot of conversations, a lot of video chatting and just finding out what we wanted and who we were and sharing about each other. And I think it just goes back to like communicating your needs and what you want out of a relationship and a partner and finding out we're on the same page. But it really was hard until we had a plan to see each other again. I would say that's like the biggest thing, not to like jump onto like relationship advice, but we always Mm -hmm. knew the next time we were going to see each other. And I think that's important too, because you know, I've been in a distance relationship where there, like those plans weren't made and it just caused so much conflict. Like, when am I going to see you again? And then that was the whole focus of everything. So I think having it on the calendar, so much calendar. Yeah. It's very important, but always knowing when you're going to see that person. And then I think a distance relationship, you, when you get to that point, you obviously have to have that plan to be in the same place unless you plan on just being like a forever long distance couple which is like not a reality but I think yeah just communicating who you are communicating your needs it's such a theme Mm -hmm. but I think it applies for distance as well and obviously spicing it up with some sexting and zoom sexting (laughs) as well sexting send that zoom link baby if you're an android (laughs) (laughs) I think long distance relationships like especially in the beginning are so formative for and inform what the in-person relationship will look like, right? Like really talking about those things, maybe even having a date night via zoom to talk about the yes, no, maybe list. Why not yeah. get it, get it out of the way before we spend so a lot of time together up 
like sexual tension too when you're not seeing each other for so long a hundred times to discuss what you plan on doing when you do see each other which builds the anticipation and the arousal which makes the times that you both are together so much more exciting and fun yes yes absolutely so i guess do you want to talk about the questions that we were given oh yes absolutely so this is kind of funny and we touched on it a little of people's comfort level with talking about sexual health. Now, I started doing prompts for the podcast shortly after I started it three years ago. Mm -hmm. And I will say a lot of times it's little goofy things like what's a funny thing you made during COVID when you didn't have groceries or what's a movie that you haven't seen that everyone in the world has seen, those sort of things. And obviously those get a very wild response and everyone responds. And this one, I thought my Instagram was broken because I posted it this morning and I said, for the podcast, this will be all anonymous. Do you have any sexual health questions? And I will say, this is not an exaggeration, that I normally get 300, 400 responses. And Mm -hmm. I received less than I can count on my hand, which is wild to me. And I even said it would be anonymous. Obviously I could go and see who sends it, but I'm not sharing that information, but Mm -hmm. that could be tied to it as well. But I was shocked and I kept going back and refreshing because normally that's such a good way to get topics on the podcast because obviously we think of what we think of to talk about but when someone throws something in it can open up a whole different conversation that we wouldn't have thought of and so I love doing prompts but I came up empty and I was disappointed but I think it does speak to people's comfort level around sexual health and sex in general and their shame I mean, I think the shame is so prevalent, but welcome to a day in the life at Daily Therapeutics or at Daily Dose of Sexuality. It's like we get shadow banned all the time, but I think shame is there. It exists and sex is such a taboo topic as much as we like to pretend that we're, we're all so open and honest about it. I think it's still very taboo and we have so much work to do, especially here in the United States when it comes to sex, sex and pleasure. So I'm glad we have a few questions. Yeah. It's, I think it plays into what I said earlier of everyone want, not everyone, but people wanting others to think that they don't have problems. And I think it goes into mental health as well. And like admitting that you're struggling or you're going through something or you need help with something, I think takes a lot for a lot of people. So I think that kind of feeds into why a lot of people didn't respond, but we did get some questions. So We'll dive into those. Um, My partner masturbates. It sounds like I'm declaring this. My partner masturbates. Do not take that sound bite. Uh, No, not a sound bite. We got a question that said. (laughs) I'm going to do a sound in between every word. So no, no. Uh, My partner masturbates. Is that normal? Is the question. I love it. I love it. So (laughs) I think that the question, am I normal? Is this normal? Is something I see every day in my practice. Um, Masturbation on a whole is super normal. I think that we get a lot of 
particularly women who say like my partner masturbates, is it normal? Is it something that means that like I'm broken or that he has needs that I don't fulfill or whatever? I, the list goes on and on and on and on. And the reality is masturbation is super normal. I think it's our reaction to it that varies and can tell us a lot about the things that we're insecure about and maybe the things that we need to work on. Masturbation as a whole is super normal. It's super healthy. It depends on where you are in your marriage, your relationship, et cetera, about what it is that you've predetermined as being within the confines of the relationship or being outside of the relationship. Some people are really comfortable and confident with their partner masturbating and other people, it makes them feel really insecure and unsafe. Mm -hmm. So have a conversation, right? Like I feel super comfortable with you taking care of yourself and your needs when I'm not around. But if I'm around, I prefer you have a conversation with me around about it or your body, your choice, do whatever you want, right? Like there's so many different flavors to this. I think it's about being really open and honest with our partners and telling them what we need. Yeah. I think that's fair. Okay. A question from a listener. I have always Mm -hmm. wanted a sex toy, but I am so shy. Where do I start? Do I have the gal for you? Oh yes. DM me. I will get you started. Um, (laughs) this is so great. So we live in a beautiful era of the internet and the internet has so like, I, you know, for at least this conversation, it is, it's kind of, um, sure. You don't, you don't have to walk down on hustler store. The hustler, exactly. You don't, I don't know what do it was. Anymore. This rite of passage. I don't even remember what this store was called. But when you turned eighteen in my high school, whoever was eighteen along with you, you loaded up your car, trucker van, and went to the sex shop that was oh, like yeah. 10, 15 minutes away. And I don't know. It was just this whole rite of passage, and it was just a bunch of. It wasn't even. It was co-ed. It was guys and girls yeah. all going together, and then just kind of walking around the store and giggling and looking at the front of porns and like such a, laughing at such a rite of passage. I don't think, I don't know if anyone bought anything or what happened, but it was, I just re- like that just brought up that memory of my high school in Indiana. So we don't, that's what you do. We don't, we don't have to walk down Hollywood Boulevard anymore, which but is so beautiful. Small. You can still shop small though, if you feel comfortable. A hundred percent. But I think that like nowadays we can go online to Babeland or any other site and kind of go down the aisles metaphorically through the different categories and find the things that really excite us and and maybe that we're curious about. So if you don't know where to start, I always recommend figuring out what you like in terms of sensation. I, I don't know if this was a female or a male, um, but it's about sensory. Like, what do you like sensory-wise? Do you like um, rumbly? Do you like vibey? Do you want something that stimulates your clitoris? Do you want something that's internal, more vaginal? Do you want um, a cup for your penis? Do you want like to feel different sensations? So many different things. The internet can show you all of your options. There are thousands of sex toys. Where I would start is something that's body safe. So material that's really body safe that you can use on your body, that it's produced in a way that it should go in your body if you want it to. Um, And always make sure to pair it with a lube that is body safe as well. So um, that's where I would start and really toning, like toning, listening into what sensation you really want. Um, Don't know why that 
it came out. Or you could scroll Uh, my Instagram and for whatever reason, I just get these videos that pop up of different sex toys and like tongue simulation. And honestly, I follow like, what is that crazy girl problems or all those things? Oh yeah. Daddy issues. Yes. And they all just, it's an NSFW just (laughs) jump scare every day of these like little things underwater and yeah so oh, yeah there's so many so many options and i highly recommend doing like a go down the aisle of a sex toy store via the internet or in whether person. it's hostler bayland whatever it may be or in person or in person yes and and look the benefits of going in person is you can feel the strength you can feel the material you can ask the people their questions they're super knowledgeable um shout out lisa finn in new york at bayland they are awesome and they know their stuff. I love that. Yes. Okay. Last one. How do I get in the mood? I never want to have sex and feel very comfortable avoiding at all costs. Oh my. Oh my. Okay. Well, I think sexual arousal starts with us, but it happens in the biggest sexual organ that we all possess, which is our brain. Um, so if, if you need like help getting aroused, I, I think it's all about understanding your brain. So what gets you off? Is it imagery? Is it smut that you can listen to via your headphones? Is it um, looking at images, video? You really need to learn your own brain. Or is it feeling loved and cared for, right? Is it when your husband does the dishes and helps with the kids? And once you understand what gets you in the mood, I would say practice some self-care. Set aside time to masturbate, learn what feels good on your body, um, feel good in your own body, take a hot shower, mm-hmm. right? Like maybe pour yourself a glass of wine and see what that feels like. So once you understand kind of what gets you there, practice it. And then at some point, I would say, have a conversation with your partner if that is what you need. I love that. It's a perfect way to end. I hope so because my in-person client is about to show up. So. <laughs> And always show up for work on time. Well, thank you so much for diving into sexual health with me. Everyone follow Daily Therapy Dose for more. And don't be afraid to ask those questions. You can slide into our DMs and ask. Slide into our DMs. We'll get you an answer um, on that. But yeah, a friendly reminder as always to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And you can rate and review if you listen on Apple and Spotify. Love to read them. Leave us five stars if you're still here and you loved it. And thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you all next week. Bye.